0: Oh dear, Hi folks. pen is out of ink.
1: Oh, uh, let me get you another one. So, Ursula's signing things, but uh, that has no bearing on the uh, content warnings, because I really don't have one this week, other than Ursula's signing things. Um, so there may be swearing. Uh, yeah, there's always swearing. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, the other thing too. Oh yeah, that one is out of ink. I need to get a refill for it. Uh, the other thing to mention is we have pets, and... Uh, six baby chickens just outside my office window. They're six weeks old. Uh, we have some, what are they? Almost two, almost a week, maybe two weeks old now. Um, outside with the pieces. Yeah.
0: I mean, she's effectively their mom. Yeah. We, we won't worry about genetics. She's, she sat on them. She brooded them. She's raising them. She's their mom.
1: But more importantly, uh, Sergey's here, and Sergi is the cause of much chaos and disruptions.
0: Which leads to the next point.
1: Which is, we swear, frequently, yep. at animals, mostly Sergi. Yes. Do you have to shove your, your eye socket on my finger and itch that spot? Oh, God. So, Jesus, cat. <clears throat> so, hi, yeah, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 254
0: we are a professional operation
1: i never claim that um not to anyone i interview (laughs) and boy have i got interviews coming up over the next several months i i'm scheduled out until i think like september right now nice i need to verify things yeah so it's it's looking pretty good um on that front, Sergi, yes, I, I, yes, I will, here, why, do you want me to just put my hand, th- oh, God, this is disgusting. So, anywho, uh, yeah, we have letters this week. Yes. Since we didn't do letters last month, because we were interviewing moi, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, this last week, my productivity has mostly been figuring out and refactoring code for a thing for work, And meetings and spending time with chickens. And, oh, the orange cat has arrived and Sergi's like, oh, crap. Because he's afraid of her. So,
0: Female cats, like female dogs, tend to uh, uh, be in charge of their, or be the dominant ones in the hierarchy, all else being equal. And uh, the little orange cat is certainly the top cat.
1: She really is. Hi, sweetie bear. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for her to jump on me and start cleaning, or maybe she's just going to go past me to climb up onto things. Where are you? Okay. So yeah, the, the biggest impacts on my productivity this last week are, you know, they're baby chickens. That's a positive. Um, there are teenage chickens. That's a positive. There's Sergi. That's questionable. Neutral. Neutral. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in my spare time, we've been catching up on media. Uh, I've been playing with new note-taking apps. I think my second brain is in fine shape. I just now need to um, do more with it. I'm really happy with it. Just, uh, I, uh, you know, everything is organized. I'm ingesting and, you know, collecting all of these things. And I, I have... A couple things in mind I want to write that I have now all the supporting facts for. So, Ooh. or at least supporting quotations and, you know, other things for. So let's see what happens next. Um, one of the interesting things about building a second brain is it's really geared around that whole idea of you are going to put things into it and then the outputs you produce will be using these things. And it has sort of a creative creator mindset. Um, so it's been interesting sort of adapting towards i I'm a technical person who, you know, wants a filing cabinet full of things I can pull out quickly and then put back. Right. I need to not have memorized like the addresses for all of the chicken cams on our network or, you know, things like that, um,
0: you just need to be able to get to them when you need them.
1: Yes, uh, but it also means I, I keep a running list of potential names for baby for chickens as they grow up, um, which
0: I then stomp in and say, "But you can't name them that. You you have to name them this other thing."
1: And so there's there I have I have several different lists now of potential chicken names.
0: His two buff Orpingtons, he wanted to name. He's been naming them after female explorers, and I'm like. That's great, but these are not free-ranging chickens. They're buff Orpingtons. No, sorry. They're going to be big, zaftig hens. You know, they're going to be majestic and floofy.
1: So they're being named after the uh, Valkyries in uh, the Ring of the Nieblings by Wagner. Um, So, yes, Brunhild. The Ring Cycle, really. Yes, yes. the Ring Cycle, yes. Um, Because I
0: don't think that's how you pronounce. I think it's Nieblung.
1: Nibelung? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm probably
0: mangling that too. So. Yeah,
1: people are going to tell us. It's fine. That's what letter episodes are for.
0: Anyway, um, so yes, uh, uh, you have uh, uh, who now?
1: Uh, I have Brunhild and I have uh, Sigrun, um, which are the, uh, frankly, the first two Valkyries on the list. Of course, Brunhild is the chief among them and and an actual character character the others are sort of they're not really they they don't get quite the attention that brunhild does yeah they're supporting cast um
0: and and uh what 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 did brunhild the chicken do to you the other day
1: uh she climbed up uh, like i was out just checking things out and i had kneeled down because i i had things and she jumped up on my leg and then she jumped up on my arm And she proceeded to settle on my arm and then start preening her feathers, the the cleaning of feathers, and in between commenting about how her day went. And I really wish I spoke chicken because apparently it was very fascinating and she had a lot to tell me. And uh, and then eventually she... um, she got even more settled, and my arm was tired, and that was pretty much the only reason I got her to leave. Like I had to, like sort of point out that there might be treats over there, and that that got her moving. But otherwise, I think she was perfectly happy to roost there.
0: I, I think you have a, a pet chicken.
1: I I think so. Yes.
0: Which you've wanted. I have ever since since you you got tater tot. You have wanted yes. a a another uh, snuggle chicken.
1: Yes, I, I just didn't expect it to be a full size buff Orpington. I yeah, was... you
0: were hoping for the one of the bantams, but the bantams are like ever since the pasty butt experience. Yeah, like, the... no, dude, the human the human just wants to grab you and like wipe
1: your butt. Yes, it's been uh, it's been very unfortunate. Um, but hey, they're all fine. They've they've been spending uh, daytime outside. I'm looking out my window at them right now. Um, the the babies, uh, the red. Coach and Bantams, uh, at the moment, their head feathers haven't come in, so they all look like little tiny bald eagles. It is the most adorable thing ever. Um, with their floofy pantalons and feet. Yes, I see. Yeah, one is on top of the food thingy right now looking around. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's like that, folks. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so that's that's really mostly what I've been doing. I, I feel really productive. I've written some code. I'm not sure if it's great code, but it does the job, and sometimes that's all you can ask for. And you've been writing. You've, you've finished another book?
0: Well, it wasn't exactly finished in the conventional sense. This is another book that—it was another children's book that I had written ages ago for a traditional publisher. and yes. Much like Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking, they eventually just figured out they did not know what to do with it. And this is getting to be a recurring problem, so yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to sell them any more uh, not-hybrid novels. So I had written a children's book, uh, Another ch- I wrote another one for them in the the style that they like, based pretty much purely on the this-will-get-me-back-this-other-book thing. I mean, it's a fun book, it's good, I enjoy it. I, I I think it's cute, but... Uh, uh I wanted this one back but it needed a bunch of revisions <laughs> right uh because you know uh things that uh, some some editorial perhaps disagreements and then some things also because <laughs> it's older like I yeah. I wrote it I think I finished it you know, the first time in 2016 so which is 6 years now so there were some things that I wanted to, to update and Poke at and whatnot. Uh, I can tell that it's older because uh, the uh, the ruler of the city is called the Doge, which was what the ruler of Venice was called. This was before Doge coin was popular. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Now you now you know we're gonna have to change that. So. You're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. But I finished it up after you know like a week or two of uh, of heavy revisions and sent it off to my tireless editor KB Spangler for the self-pubbing, and I'm hoping that'll come out in, like, you know, October-ish. So, uh, yeah, so, and it doesn't, it's not like I wrote or finished a book exactly, but it was still, here's a thing that I have been wanting to finish up that I have now gotten out the door, you know, or at least to the next stage. So that was good.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, that's good.
0: And now... I am. I was trying to take some time off, and uh, I ended up writing a little today, but but only like 450 words, not like a real writing.
1: Yeah, but it's it's still you know it's it's still moving that that moving things forward. So
0: yes, and did I've been doing a lot of gardening. Even though it's hot.
1: Yeah, I've been spending a lot of, like, most of my, I finish work and I go out and I spend time with chickens, sometimes before dinner, sometimes after dinner, sometimes both.
0: Yeah. Um, so it, it's been yeah, nice. It's been nice. We haven't had to, like, do anything major. It's just been nice. Uh, at the end of the month, we, we are going off to uh, to Pittsburgh and yes. have a big big thing there, and at some point I will need to start worrying about that. But eh. at the moment it's just nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and you're you're signing book plates right now.
0: Yes, and I am on the last batch of this or the last stacks of this particular book plate. <laughs> and then when this is done, I get to start the ones for the digger kickstarter, which right. has been going and which is uh mind blowing. Yeah. I mean we're at we're at like I don't know if we've hit quarter of a million yet but we're definitely very close to it and it's like the fuck so I mean it's awesome. I'm thrilled that that Patrick Rothfuss and uh and Grim Oak are are
1: oh yeah doing
0: it. They've done an amazing job. It's just I did not expect this kind of turnout for a a a book that is, you know, frankly a decade old. So well, yeah. So crazy, crazy world.
1: Yup. So hey, I have a pile of letters.
0: We should answer some letters. We will
1: answer some letters. Um, right after this. So that break was a little longer than two minutes because dinner was ready and we, you know, needed to eat and all that jazz. So I have letters. Are you ready for some letters?
0: Let's let's letter it up. Letter style. All right.
1: So starting uh, from episode 246, uh, which was the last letter show we did back in April. uh, We have a note from Tango.
0: Hi, Tango. um,
1: To say thank you uh, for all your support, not only for my extra life campaign, but also of productivity alchemy over the past five years. Um, if you choose, I guess, chose to donate to my Extra Life campaign, either because of this episode or the upcoming episode 250, I'm offering to match your donation up to a total of $200. Simply include a comment with your donation referencing either episode number, so I know you got it from here. Uh, hopefully people saw that in time, because that was like, I guess, two weeks ago. My bad. We're, uh, yeah. yeah,
0: we're not always great at these. Yeah, Hound.
1: Yeah. Um
0: hound you're not a lap dog let's
1: see uh selfie wrote in to say uh after her sister's uh catch-up interview uh back on episode 247 to say that to be fair um uh Ugly retro girls playing ugly retro games is on hiatus mostly because I've been electrocuted, been hit by a bus, fallen downstairs, been thrown off my bicycle, onto a hard concrete divider, and also my toilet broke. So yeah, hiatus all around. Oh
0: my god, your toilet broke?
1: Yeah, I know. The next, next, the next catch-up with Selfie is going to be a journey. Yeah, I, seriously. You know, it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. Um... Because, you know, Selfie and I talk regularly on, on Twitter, and so I've been getting sort of blow-by-blow updates of this. <laughs> and, man, what a year. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, hopefully I am saying this right from Janice. Um, Hi, I wanted to say how much I appreciate this podcast. Listening to everyone's perspective on productivity is useful as I try to manage the eternal to-do list in my head. Even more, just being able to listen to these interesting conversations has been so helpful over the past couple of years. For a couple of months in 2020, I dropped most of my usual podcasts because I just couldn't cope, but back episodes of Productivity Alchemy were a sanity saver. Thank you. Aww.
0: I'm so glad yes i mean okay i mean obviously kevin does 99.9 percent of the work but (laughs) i'm i'm thrilled that that we were able to you know help
1: yeah one of the things that's been useful is the reminders that what works for you can change, and that's okay. I started using Habitica based on hearing you talk about it, and something about the visual split between the daily and to-do column seemed to work in a way that a single list didn't. I'm also using Todoist, which I would had but not used a lot because it lets me put a widget on my phone screen uh, that I have to see through the day with tasks to work on. I mean, both are great, yeah. I also got my kid to try Habitica, so we do the quest together. He's in the same, same academic year as your son, finishing high school at the start of the pandemic. He did his first year of college from home. Being present to watch a freshman figure out how to handle college was definitely an interesting and stressful experience.
0: Oh, good Lord.
1: He's majoring in game development, so his dad and I got to be his in-house... Um, TAs for programming assignments as well as watching him go off to play D&D for homework. Yeah. Having him away at school on the other side of the country for a second year has been stressful in different ways. Thanks for the podcast. Yeah, um... Yeah, having having them, like, far away, that you can't just, like, be there if they need you is tough. I mean, I, admittedly, Jacob's only four hours away, but four hours is a long time when you get a call like, so, um, hi, I'm hoping this isn't going to, uh, ruin the budget, but, uh, I'm at the emergency room last, right now. He was fine. Everything was fine. But yeah, that's, that's a nerve wracking moment, right? And, uh, it's even worse when it's on the other side of the country.
0: Hound, hound. But, you, you uh, thank you so much. I hope, I hope relax. things are still
1: going well. Um, all uh, right. Uh-oh.
0: Uh, hound, hound, you're, you're hound. You are you are not a lap dog,
1: but she loves you.
0: I love her too, but I'm trying to sign things, and apparently I am not petting hound enough because
1: yeah, and
0: I'm sitting on one of on the round, you know, uh, ball chair thing, yes. so which does not provide a good stable platform. Really for does the, the
1: dog? No,
0: not that this stops her in any way
1: yeah well the good news for hound is that you know soon all the baby chickens for this year will have grown up and the brooder will no longer live in my office and and lacy can have her dog bed back soon
0: hound please stop Mm -hmm. flipping my signing arm up with your nose so that i will pet you
1: yeah um so this is from brooke (sighs) m not our usual book, as a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Brooke McNamara, who was our guest last last week, um. I had a thought and wonder if you have ever considered this for the podcast special episodes like the letter episodes where you have guest Wombat test subjects. I really enjoyed listening to the process with Ursula in the beginning, figuring out her organizational needs and suggesting systems until something worked for her. I would love to hear people pose an organizational issue and you, Kevin, with all your notes from all the episodes, give suggestions, then send the test subject out to try it for a few months, then check back in and see how it's working. I think you would be great at this. I'm the one still catching up on episodes, still in 2019, so for all I know, you already do this. I actually don't. Um, uh, Also, I apologize to you and your listeners. I'm pretty sure in my recent interview, I used the word crazy as an adjective for something. I'm trying to remove that from my vocabulary, but it still comes out.
0: It's okay, because by God, I am crazy, and I am taking that word back. That is my word. I'm keeping it.
1: (laughs) Um. Postscript: my husband John filled out the form to be a tribute. He recently completed his first D&D 5th edition open gaming license campaign set and is working on his next module. I think he'd be a cool interview on the show talking about how he keeps all the art management, writing, and other parts organized when creating the modules and the manuals. I was impressed at how well he could organize and time all the moving parts so that it came together on schedule, whereas I'm still working on my project management skills. Uh, he could also do a giveaway for listeners um, I didn't even think about the giveaway at the time but uh, I talked to him last week and I think he's coming up sometime in September August or September it's really gonna be good um, and uh, yeah I I ordered my copy of the game so uh, it's it's wonderful I can't wait for it to get here um, okay uh, from uh, oh from Michelle Wexelblock. Um, commenting on her own episode Um, and as the universe sometimes does um, I go from the high of having recorded that to so many things falling apart after thus I'm getting more practice with being okay with not being okay you know what, it's fine Uh, I am very okay with not being okay these days
0: honestly if I wasn't okay with not being okay I would not be okay
1: We can just keep going on that. So we're just going to let that go. Um, Also uh, from Michelle. um, uh, Oh, here's a link for uh, Nacho, the wonderful therapist person. Um, Things that uh, Michelle brought up that didn't get listed because I didn't have time to get them all listed. Yeah. Um, I'm
0: trying to sign here. Yeah,
1: so Nacho's info. I also didn't talk about the fact that I was teaching grad school courses and staying organized for the reference I make at the end of the show. Um, uh, Cyrus's third condition, Cyrus's their dog, was torn cartilage in his knees. Aww. Um, treatment of cognitive behavioral therapies to treat the anxiety that can come up from having tinnitus. Ah. Um, the I uh, wish... the yeah.
0: horror novel I have coming out next uh, month. Yes. The uh the protagonist has tinnitus. And uh uh Yes. It was weird until I was writing it because I get it occasionally, not severely, but once in a blue moon. Uh I was like, I have never seen a protagonist who has this problem. And I'm gonna write it in because it makes sense to me. And <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. It was yeah, they uh uh yeah, anyway.
1: Yeah. Um let's see. I wish I knew what the cognitive uh connective tissue thought that reminded me about shamanism and we didn't get back to whatever we were talking about before that. Oh, the joys of rambling conversations. Yeah, that was that was good.
0: Kevin is used to it by yep. now.
1: Uh, Rabbi Danya's discourse on not using that phrase about Abrahamic religions. Um, which yes, I am I am corrected. I was corrected during the interview and I've taken it to heart. Um There is, uh, before people correct me, the E in fries is enthusiastic. Oops. Um, ACT is a cautionary tale. I could not remember it uh, that day. And I didn't list foundry VTT on the, on that page. I think I've listed it other places, but we're going to talk about that in just a minute. And so it's going to get linked. Don't you worry, Michelle. It's cool. Thank you for all of that extra stuff. I'll, uh, I'll be putting it in the show notes for this one. And should I remember in the show notes for the other one? Um, and uh, let's see. Um, from Tango, I'd love to hear Michelle's take on the differences between suicide and not wanting to be part of the world anymore because I think I get it, but I want to hear it. And Michelle said, feel free to reach out via Twitter, um, because that's really not maybe the kind of conversation you want to be having in the comments on my, my podcast. I mean, if you all want to, I guess, but I, you know, that your comfort level, your comfort level.
0: Yeah, it's it's not so much a, <clears throat> mm-hmm. a we are uncomfortable having this here so much as this could get heavy and you might yeah. want to put it somewhere <clears throat> less.
1: Yeah, shit, excuse me.
0: Prone to, uh, yeah. to unkind internet I, passers-by I kind of I apologize
1: thing. for not muting on time in that one, but I really, it, it just hit me. So, and now I don't, I, I don't I'm not going to edit it out because I have to, you know, Ursula was commenting. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. Uh, from Corey, I haven't talked to Corey in a while. We should maybe do a, a catch-up and see how that's going. Uh, you hear that, Corey? Catch-up. All right, email me. Um, hi, Kevin and Ursula. I have a couple writing life questions for Ursula, if she's willing to sure. answer them. Yep. How does she balance writing and editing? If she's editing a book, does she stop working on other stuff? Or does she get word count and then goes and edits? She may have mentioned this, it at some point over the past five years, but I missed it.
0: Uh, usually I do editing in place of writing. If I have to edit, that is uh, that is effectively editing a big chunk is word count for the day it is because yeah editing is a uh, is a brain intensive process yeah and so yeah like uh even though i did a fair amount of rewriting in the book that for example i just uh, uh handed in um a lot of it was also editing and so even if i only actually wrote two or three hundred words in the day uh Moving stuff around and and tightening up and expanding stuff here and there and rejiggering was was a lot of brain power. So, uh, also editing is frequently on a fairly tight deadline. If it's for a uh, a publisher, yeah, because they're like, we will have the book due by X. We need it back by Y. And uh, uh, more than that, my first method for editing is I read the. Uh, the editor notes I decide the editor's completely wrong and sulk <laughs> for a day or two and then I go through and actually read the manuscript and I'm like, okay, well I guess I could probably tweak this bit here and then by the end I have usually gone along with almost everything the editor has suggested there are only occasional times when there is a sufficient editorial mismatch that...
1: Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. And, and when those happen. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the second question is, in terms of word count, is that a daily thousand words on a single project or a thousand scattered over whatever uh, you feel like working on?
0: Thousand scattered over whatever I feel like working on. I uh, If I have a deadline or a project that I need to be working on to meet that deadline, essentially, I will... uh, Usually, the fact that there's a deadline immediately makes it the last thing on Earth I want to work on. And I will get another idea. So what I do is I tell myself, you have to write 500 words on that thing, and then you can write anything you want. And I will sit down and... uh, And frequently, I write more than 500 words on it. it, once Once I have... Worked on it enough to get the five hundred in. Oftentimes things are flowing, and I may get you know a thousand. But if not, I'll put in my five hundred, and then I'll go work on one of my goofy projects or whatever. And uh,
1: paladin romances. She means paladin romances. Today
0: it was the the thing with the the angel and the devil. Who's oh, the yeah movies. boy, yes. yeah! I
1: can't wait for that one. Oh, yes. I, I I hope I hope that one gets like. You know, done soon because I want to know how it ends. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Corey. Uh, From Richard. All right, here's a bit of one. Um, Had something for either a questions episode or even a standalone idea, depending on how much you could share. I'm a fan of this podcast, KUEC, The Hidden Almanac. Your Twitter's Ursula's Books on Art, and just Basically, I'd be a friendly neighbor if I wasn't halfway across the country. So I know you guys role play, and Ursula's tweets for D-Night are legendary. Uh, My question is, from a productivity standpoint, how do you organize and run your game sessions? I've gotten the impression you all play remotely, but I'm curious what software equipment you use for that. Is there an all-in-one solution, or do you use multiple products to manage things?
0: There is a uh, most-in-one solution.
1: Yes, um... So yeah, um like you can use Roll20 as an all-in-one. It's just finicky when it comes to voice and uh video and I I have a game that I'm playing in monthly with uh, some co-workers and we're just using all Roll20 um over the past However many years it's been we've used uh Ventrilo TeamSpeak and now we're using Discord for voice. Yeah, and just
0: we all ha- we just have a and d Discord like yeah. channel and that seems to have worked the best so far. Yeah,
1: and we turn off video because there's no we don't need to see each other. Um there is a lot of sort of theater of the mind thing when we're not in actual combat. Um
0: and uh, what what program are we using for uh, the actual playing? Uh, we're
1: using Forge VTT. Um, and I pay a, a service called uh, the Foundry to maintain it. Or no, we're using Foundry VTT, and um, Foundry is running on the Forge, which is a service we I pay to run the server for me so I don't have to, and I don't have to muck about with, you know, what's the security point? It, do I need to share, like the home, my my house IP address with all the players so that they can log in, blah, blah, blah. No, I will pay somebody a monthly fee to take care of that for me. Um, I'm very privileged that way. You can run it yourself if you want. Um, it's like $50 for a license for Foundry and then another, you know, whatever the, the cost is just for the hosting service, and I'm fine with that. I mean, you know, it's, it's a good program. The
0: foundry is really, really good. It is, yeah. it is, even if you choose to run your own hosting, it is, it has a lot of uh, really oh. nice bells and whistles.
1: And, uh, and that's before you start putting in add-ons. I've added uh, things to our games to make them easier. Like uh, uh, the thing where when you, you're in, when the GM's in combat and it highlights who the active player is and then highlights who the next player up is. That's an add-on. That did not come with it. But there's bunches of free add-ons for it that are just amazing.
0: Uh, um, I personally uh, like to make a lot of the maps. I highly recommend a program called Incarnate. Uh, it's Incarnate, but I-N-K-A-R-N-A-T-E. There is a free version, uh, absolutely, uh, that is that is awesome. If you want to export at good sizes or uh, mm-hmm. big sizes, then uh, uh, you can pay for the license. It's not super expensive, and uh, I use it a lot. It is great for generating um, maps for uh, dungeon crawls and whatnot. Well, yeah. not even just dungeon crawls. You know, land, uh, uh, Basically battle maps, uh, world maps, all kinds of things. Yeah, you can yeah. play with it online for free. It's, it's, uh, it's a website kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. highly recommend that for uh, map creation
1: yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, and then you just export I, I just export the the jPEG into uh, uh, the forge or the foundry or whatever yeah
1: that is. yeah so you, you just upload it into the into the thing um, so there there are a couple different ways to do it. We used to use this this program called um, openRPG. It was like an open source Python program. It was like the only thing before uh, roll 20 really started to get momentum pre pandemic and we switched to roll 20 um, when we were switching systems uh, just because the support for open RPG was gone like nothing could run it and it was it was pretty bad um,
0: yeah it was a bummer
1: it was it was useful for a very long time but you know then it wasn't Um,
0: and, and the, the, the foundry or the forge or whatever the hell it is we're using is really handy if you're a, a sort of novice GM like me, because you just, you, you pull up the compendium of monsters, you drag and drop, you know, and you can edit them, you can change their names, you know, and whatnot. You can decide they need twice as many hit points, but you can also just be like bandit. All right. I need three regular bandits and a captain and you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and I have an add-on that lets me um, uh, download and, you know, it's a Patreon-supported thing so I can get the extra bells and whistles, but uh, basically I spent the money in gifts to myself to basically buy every single thing on Beyond, D&D Beyond, and so I have another... There's an add-on for, for Foundry that lets me push a button and just say, yes, please import every single monster that exists in your, in my Beyond account and put it in the compendium. And so that's really handy in that, um, I can just be like, okay, here's, here's everything you can need as a GM from like what Wizards has available. It's been really nice. I need to update it for the new Monsters of the uh, Multiverse content that just landed. So, um, Okay, anyway, um, for the game masters, do you all use additional methods or techniques to organize the games and schedule sessions? Do you use tools to keep track of plot elements? Ooh, boy.
0: (laughs) Uh, I am, like I said, a newbie GM. I have so far only been working off one module, which is making me angrier and angrier, so we are diverging quite a lot. And... uh, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil, the first bit, the, uh, like, one is great, and then they did all the rest, and you're like, what the fuck was this? Right. Uh, and this
1: is, by the way, is the Goodman Games' original adventures reincarnated. They tried to keep it as pure to the first edition originals as they possibly could while porting it over to 5e, so bumps, warts, flaws, and venereal diseases all there.
0: Yes, and and I, I believe absolutely that it is a good port and this is that no shame attaches to them. Uh, the fault all lies with the module and it is it is it is known that this is a module with a lot of flaws. And I started running it because it looked so com- so comp- like it looked like they had covered all the bases, and I was like, surely this will just run on rails because they have covered all of the bases, and I will not be suddenly trapped not knowing what to do. and yeah, no. Um, yeah. No. It turns out, yeah, uh, they were expecting a very different kind of player. Uh, uh, do yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I occasionally? I have like one Word Doc somewhere that has some notes in it, um, and I could probably find it again if I had to.
1: Yeah. To keep
0: track of plot stuff, but it's a lot of it's a lot of improv.
1: And the main campaign, which I'm currently on a break from Gming so I can play for a little bit. Um, yeah, it has... I have, like, scribbles and notes in notebooks and places, and finally I've kind of gotten them all into um, my, uh, my note-taking app, um, where I can look at them and go, okay, here we go. But, like, a lot of it is I sit down... Because I know how it's going to go. I have, like, the meta plot in in my head and notes about that but week to week i know that whatever happens however much planning i do however complete i think it is this group of players is going to go sideways through a hole in the universe to find the one option that I could not possibly have accounted for, and then I have to improv. For
0: example, this last session we did, there was a map. And if you searched the room, you would find sheets of paper, and uh, if you held up one of those sheets of paper against a bright light, the map would appear. And I looked at this description and said, there's no fucking way they'll get that. I love my players, but no, it's yeah. never going to happen. Right. But in the spirit of of you know sticking to the module, I described it, and I yeah you know, I said okay you yeah, know sheets of paper, and then I was like okay just just on the slimmest hope, I'm like one of them has some fingerprints on it, <laughs> and our bard is like yes. I bet it's invisible ink. I hold it up to a light, and I like lost my shit as the GM. I was like, "You're doing the intelligent thing," and I don't know what to do because (laughs) you never do that. None of you. you, you, I love them all, and they are like, I uh, I mean, the collective IQ of PCs is in negative numbers. you Don't flip me off, Kevin. You know it's true. I it's know not, it's true. It's not our group. I have been one of those PCs, <laughs> and at one point, I attempted to fight the sky. Okay? So. Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. sorry, that um, wasn't yeah. actually yeah. The, the answer you wanted. But yeah. No, no, That that's, that's, that's really good. I mean, but that's the whole idea, right? I know, like, I can go into intricate detail about... A, a, a moment, an encounter, a session, and I know pretty much that um, instead of, you know, like mapping out every possible conversation tree or anything like that, what I need to do is I need to set a stage. I need to um, have some idea as to where all of this is going in the grand scheme of thing, and then I just sort of let go and see where it goes uh,
0: you got to have good improv skills yes and a sense of humor
1: and and really that's you know uh, some of the best bits I came up with were just uh, were just little set pieces that I knew would get their attention the um, the dungeon cafeteria yes was something I thought up um, and just said oh let's drop this in this is silly this is this is you know whatever and I I think you all liked it Um
0: yeah, or or the adventurers co op.
1: Oh god, the co op. Yes, which
0: you know, instead of having in every town, uh, instead of having the you know the general goods store or whatever, there there's a co op, and it's it's basically like REI for adventurers, and it's yeah. run by this, uh, like the the staff is always super stoned man. And, yeah, yes,
1: and and they they carry organic health potions. Yeah, and, and, um, uh, you yeah, know, and yeah, yeah.
0: We love them.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. But that's, yeah, no, I basically have marked down, you know, text notes to tell me what I'm doing. Uh, Um, In
0: I will add Incarnate can, uh, you can write text notes uh, uh, that are like attached to the map and then the players can't see them. ah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. my wife and I are part of a gaming group well before the pandemic, and we always met in person, but after several life events, health and personal issues, not just for us, but others in our group, we stopped meeting even before the pandemic. It's been a few years now and we miss our gaming buddies, but we realize the way we game will have to evolve if we want to recapture what we had. It sounds like you and your friends have found things which work well for your playstyle. I know you've shared bits and pieces before, but if you get a chance, can you maybe do a roundup of all things remote RPG? And that's pretty much what we just did, right? Yep. Um, Thanks, and thanks for the excellent podcast. All the best to you, Ursula, and all the um, denizens of Wombat House. Yay! Yay! Oh, can I share my... uh, This is from uh, Kerr. Um, Can I share my King Crimson Etc. playlist? so basic, I, I, for a while, I was calling it my Greg Lake playlist because it was mostly, um, uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's Brain Solid Surgery and, um, and, uh, um, the King Crimson's In the Wake of Poseidon. Um, and then, like, my current sort of bedtime, get my mind in the right place playlist, sleep thing is Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's version of, uh, Fanfare for the Common Man. Um, from works, volume one, and then, um, Neil Diamond's Jonathan Livingston Seagull, um, the soundtrack that Neil Diamond did for Jonathan Livingston Seagull, and then, like, um, uh, at the moment, Kate Bush's Hounds of Love, because Thank You Stranger Things season four, um, before that, though, it was um, then it would be Kataro's Silk Road, um, Enigma's first album that I can't remember the all oh, the Roman numerals for off the top of my head, um, In the Wake of Poseidon, and um, I think that's pretty much where it left off. The problem with In the Wake of Poseidon is the song Cat Food comes like, right in the middle as this jarring sort of thing and so for a while i would just be like out blissfully out and then would wake up like in the middle of this song because it was such a a a jarring sort of angry kind of thing and so i'm like yeah i kind of have to take that one out um but that's that's the current playlist Right, the current playlists. I would list them out, but uh, that's a lot, and also, uh, like, I don't have any any Spotify or um, you know iTunes share things for that. Um, all of which is it's all music I have purchased legally, so yeah. Um, uh, thank you for that. And then finally, uh, from Christina, um, uh, just listen to Maggie Brixton's episode from twenty twenty. Um, I've been listening to Productivity Alchemy for over a year, and at this point, I'm starting to delve into the archives from 2020 and before. Yesterday, I listened to your episode with Maggie Brixen, and one of the things she mentioned was how, when she's coached and mentored people, she's noticed that people tend to enter a rut and limit their options around the 10-year mark in their careers. They've been doing X for so long that they can only see themselves doing X in the future, even if their skills and aptitudes are transferable to a variety of roles. I'm right around the 10-year mark for my chosen career in digital content, uh, SEO, content management, content strategy, etc., and I'm definitely feeling the call of the rut. Knowing it's an observable phenomenon has made me more determined to figure out what else I can do. Maggie's comments also hit home for me because, like her, I work for a bank. Uh, your podcast has quickly become one of my favorites, and I look forward to future episodes. I really hope Dino pops back in soon. I am talking to Dino uh, this weekend. And, uh, unfortunately because of the schedule, um, Dino will not be airing until, um, August, but that's okay. It'll be worth it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm guessing it will be worth it, uh, knowing, um, what we know about Dino and, uh, all of the, all of the shenanigans that we're probably going to end up getting into, right? Um, so yeah, there's all that. Thank you so much. Uh, and that is all our letters. Letters. Uh, this month. So we're caught up. These are all our letters from both uh, before um, and after episode 250. And so thank you, Tango, Selfie, uh, Janice, I hope I'm saying that right, Brooke M, uh, um, Yeah, Michelle, Corey, Keir, Richard, and Christina. So hey, uh, that's everything uh, on that note. And so uh, the rain is coming. It's getting dark. I need to go check on my chickens. So we'll be right back after This... We're back in a dark house because the power went out. But uh, don't say that we're not committed to finishing this uh, tonight because it's on a laptop and all of our stuff is wireless and battery powered. So hey, there you go. Um, anyway, yeah, thank you to everyone who wrote in. I can't see my notes to tell you to to thank you again, so you'll just have to uh, deal with it. Um,
0: our gratitude is real.
1: Our gratitude our, is our real. Our
0: lighting is not. Our,
1: yeah, no. Um, that all being said, you know what? Um, uh, you know, you can write in, use the comment form, comment on an episode. It all ends up here uh, on a letter show someday.
0: We're we're doing this quick because we don't know how long we'll have power. So. Well,
1: yeah, how long the battery will last on the laptop, right? right. So, yeah, our word for this week is Brunhilde. Um, and uh, no umlauts, nothing like that. It will be in the episode-like comment description of the mp3 file um, on your podcast. I think it's
0: B-R-U-N-N-H-I-L-D-E.
1: Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, Brunhilde is is the badge code for this week. You can find out about badges, what they are, where to put this code, and all that groovy stuff at productivityalchemy.com. You can also find back episodes, etc., 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 and a link that says support... Don't click that. No,
0: don't. We will um, sit here in the dark alone, weeping. No, that's that. No, that, we, no, we, we won't. no. That that that's we, no. Don't give us money. We're good. We're doing great. Yeah, we're, Except we're sitting. Except the fact that the power's out. We're fine.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the um, the overall on that is that you know you should give your money to someone who needs it way more than we do. And this week, that is.
0: Uh, I like Native Seed Search. Native uh, Seed
1: Search. Okay. Yes,
0: it's. Uh, you can find them online. Just Google Native Seed Search. They are an organization in the southwest that protects uh rare and endangered uh plant species yep. or uh particularly cultivated uh, plants cultivated by indigenous people. Yep. And uh they do a lot of good and they provide a lot of seeds to uh indigenous uh gardens gardeners you if you are a native uh tribe member you can get uh, free seeds for, uh, from them. They, uh, they're doing a lot of good work and they're really cool. So yeah, go check them out. Um, you can buy neat stuff from them. You can buy seeds. Yes. They're cool.
1: And, uh, and so that wraps it up for this week. Um, Even in the dark, we are doing our best and hope you are too. I am signing by iPad light. There you go. Uh, So, you know what? Go out there and uh, face the challenges of the week and do your best to um, stay productive. You paid the power bill, right? Yes, I paid the power bill.